For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Welcome back to the Grace Ops Podcast. It's been a couple of weeks for us. I've uh, been traveling out of town here and there in Kansas City. Uh, Ryan and I went down to uh, Smoky Mountains. So we've, we took a little bit of a break in, in July, but we're going to get back on our weekly pace here with our podcast. So welcome back to the Grace Ops uh, Podcast today. We had a powerful episode uh, lined up for you. We had a great friend of ours, a regional friend here, and a great friend of Grace Ops, uh, Philip Williams. He's a local pastor local rock star, entrepreneur. Um, this guy just does everything. He's an awesome guy, awesome friend, and and we just love him a whole whole lot. And I'm glad he's with wow. us today. His voice is so important and very powerful. And so we want to also encourage you to uh, share our podcast, uh, pump it out on social media. You can find us on our sh- socials at, great, at GraceOps212. So find us wherever you are on social media, and we'll be there. Share our podcast. A lot of people are doing that, and uh, they're liking the bold topics that we're bringing out. And so our whole heart today is to talk about how grace trains us to fight darkness, to actually conquer darkness. So we're going to look at that concept today of like, what does it actually look like to conquer darkness based on the Titus 2, 11, and 12 uh, scriptures here. So welcome, Ryan Evan. It's good to have you with us. Ryan and I are the co-founders of Grace Ops, uh, Philip Williams. Like I said, I've already gave him a really good rock. Uh, you like the rock star? Like I threw that in there. <laughs> hey, welcome out, guys. Welcome to the show. Today. Welcome to this episode. We got a powerful topic here, how grace uh, trains us to actually fight, to actually conquer darkness. So we want to talk about that kind of as we look at this uh, Titus 2, 11 and 12 passage. And it's really the grace of culture, how we want to help train men and help actually reach families through reaching men and, and help men kind of turn the tide in this hour of the earth where we're, we're up against all kinds of darkness, spiritual darkness and physical darkness. So who wants to chime in? I know uh, we've got some passionate guys on this uh, episode here. Um, you know, what are we thinking? Cause I, what I, when I, here's what I want out of this episode. I want us to, to extract out how do we fight this, the spiritual side of the inner man battles. And then how do we actually fight some of the darkness we see in our culture? Um, some of the more propaganda-like media, the just Marxism and communist types approaches to the controlling of the American people. Um, that does matter to me. You know, a lot of people get mad at me because I talk about this stuff. They act like if I love America, that I'm anti-God. Or if I love the Constitution, I'm anti-God. And um, I struggle with that because when the Constitution was written, I would imagine that the people of this country who are just set free – um, and fought for that freedom in 1770. I would imagine that they all thought that document was from God <laughs> and was very, probably really rejoiced that God had blessed this country. So I really struggle with the idea that loving the Constitution uh, is somehow anti-God. But anyway, um, there we go. So I want I want to extract that out of you guys. Like, how do we fight the, the spiritual battles that men face and how, how do how do what are some key things we can take away today? And then what are some key things we can do physically? Um, you know, it's, I read a statistic the other day, 62% of people aren't even talking about the things they disagree with culture on because they're afraid to talk. And that's, uh, that's exactly where the propaganda has us and the political correctness. So, so what do you guys think about Titus, uh, two, 11 and 12? I know we talked a little bit before the show launched live, uh, about how God's grace has appeared to bring salvation 
And I know Philip, you're very passionate about uh, just the gospel and talk about that. What's, what are some of the pros and cons that you see right now with just pertaining the gospel? Yeah, man, I, I think, yeah, you hit it right on the head, man. It's like I'm saved because of the gospel, right? I mean, it's the, it's the power, right, that, that brought me into being saved, right? I mean, it's, I'm not ashamed of it, you know, as, as Paul said. And, uh, you know, I think that we need to, to in a very uh, spiritual and a very practical way, be preaching the gospel like never before. And built into the gospel is the solution for, I believe, what's going on in our in our country, what's going on in the world. Um, you know, everything from the Ten Commandments all the way down, from the front of the book all the way down to the back of the book. There's an answer within the gospel on what to be doing in this present time. You know, and I just believe that firm and wholeheartedly um, that you know we need to be all the way, all out, you know, and the gospel is going to touch all these areas. It's going to touch government. It's going to touch how we conduct ourselves with one another. It's going to hit all these areas. And, uh, you know, so I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I'm just kind of, you know, sharing it. You know, I'm really passionate about us just doing what Jesus actually told us to do and to, to preach the gospel, to make disciples. And I believe that's what you guys are, are doing, man, uh, with Grace Ops. You're really doing what Jesus said. I mean, you can put the labels on the brands on it, but at the end of the day, boil it down, and you're following yeah. after what the master said to make disciples. And I love it, man. I, I love that. Yeah, Grace Ops is uh, it's basically our energy partnering with the Great Commission to yeah. basically win lost souls and to make disciples. So it's kind of funny because anything that we do in the earth as entrepreneurs – it's never like something new. It's actually something ancient that's just renewed. You know, like we're, yeah. <laughs> doing, we're pulling something old out and shining it and polishing it up going, oh, look at it. This look at it a different way. You know, so yeah, Grace Ops is kind of that whole thing. It's like nothing new, but it's just like, yeah. look at it a different way. And I like yeah. what you have to say about about uh, the gospel, because it's one of the layers here. You know, God's that's God's grace brings salvation. God's grace trains us. So I kind of look at it like that's a very important element. You know, how does that answer specific questions? So that leads into that, right? So if God delivers us from Egypt, if that's the storyline, which it is in the book of Exodus, God's salvation delivers us out of Egypt, out of that place of bondage and the place of slave drivers over our lives. Yeah. And if that's the case, then um, we have this idea where from that time, God's grace now from the time of salvation, his grace now trains Egypt out of me. And that's how God conquers darkness inside of me. Because we talked about that earlier. It's like, why was Jesus so powerful against sin? It's because he never allowed darkness inside of him. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, like, you know, this is interesting because I was just talking to my wife about this yesterday. Some article had popped up on some social media thing that she was on. And it was about athletes, female athletes wearing less skimpy outfits and, you know, how the, some of them are taking bolder stands in the Olympics. And, and uh, you know, we had this interesting dialogue because she's like, she's like, are you serious? Like a gymnastic girl who's like 16, 17 years old. She's like a child and uh, she's wearing like a leotard and might be exposing more of her backside, you know, that kind of thing. And she's like, you're serious. Men would look at that and think bad stuff. And I'm like, yeah. 
they do. <laughs> so, she's not on this podcast, so I can say that. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah. Um, um, she kind of looked at me funny. I'm like, honey, I'm like, yeah, that I go, women don't understand how visual men are. That doesn't give yeah. men, you know, so we talked about the airs on both sides. So we, we talked about, um, I'm like, you know, yoga pants is one of my jokes. That's like the worst thing that ever happened to mankind. And then, you know, I brought that up to her yesterday and she's like, well, why? That, why? Just because men look at women and why would you care about what we look like in yoga pants and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we're having this really heated kind of dialogue like we typically do anyways. That's like our style. So I said, well, babe, um, I said, there's errors on the men's side. You're right. Men, we do live in an over-sexualized culture and men err that way. And they, mm-hmm. they should err that way. I agree with you that we should train ourselves to be in control of ourselves and our sex drives. And on the flip side of it, though, I said women are just as bad at contributing to it because they wear these provocative things. You know, they it, it's it's the the culture we live in is so saturated with sexuality and sense sen- yeah. sensation and sensualism and all that kind of stuff. And it's just um, so now now I just busted this whole topic wide open. What what do we do, guys? How do we fight this concept of uh, staying pure? Because purity is a source of, it's, it's a source of power in our lives. Yeah. It's, I was talking to yeah. a pastor yesterday and he said, he said, holiness produces happiness. And I thought that was very powerful. Mm. Because if you pursue happiness without pursuing holiness, you'll always be empty. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. I, Ryan, I mean, you jump in there any second, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Long trip. My mind's a little slow today, but um, I think the biggest thing for me when it comes to fighting, especially if we're on the topic of sexual purity, guarding the gates of our eyes, um, I've always found that the the greatest weapon I have against that is a band of brothers. But it starts with me being willing to be vulnerable and actually reveal to, to somebody close, right? Um, that I'm walking with and saying, hey, man, I'm really struggling right now. You know what I mean? Um, and when you can bring that stuff into the light, right, darkness doesn't have a place to, to reside any, any longer. We've got we've got to be able to bring this stuff to the light. We got to We yeah. got to put the light onto it and darkness begins to flee from there. It begins to get a lot easier from there, you know, but yeah. it starts with that humility of dropping down your pride and saying, Hey, like I've got some issues. I've got some stuff that needs to be tightened up in my life. I've got, I've got to tighten the gate of my eyes so that I'm, that my focus is, is Christ and Christ alone. You know what yeah. I mean? That I'm fixing my gaze on him and I'm not fixing my gaze on the yoga pants down, you know, in the front row, you know, yeah. or, or wherever I'm at, you know? Um, yeah. And so for me, but, you know, being authentic, being transparent with with uh, not with everybody, uh, just <laughs> that's a that's another mistake. You know, we don't we don't want to be transparent with everybody um, on those levels. But but to be transparent with one or two people that I can I can say, you know what, these guys, these guys got my back. Um, these guys are here for my for me. They're here to see me grow. They're here to see me um, live out this whole this lifestyle of holiness, you know. Um, and for me, that's always been um, one of the biggest ways and on a, on a private level for me, it's always, you know, if I'm really struggling, I can, I can usually go back and say, how much time have I, have I, have I been found in the secret place with God? Have I been, have I been washing myself and renewing my mind with the word of God? And usually it's in the moments where I've been over, overly working, I'm tired. Um, maybe I'm stressed out about some stuff. 
you know, that I haven't prioritized the place of prayer, the place of worship and intercession with God. You know, I haven't I haven't put a priority on my time with God that I begin to see not not necessarily a rapid decay, but a slow decay over time before I realize, whoa, like like I haven't been I haven't been saturating myself in the presence of God lately. And, and now I'm beginning to bear other fruit by having a harder time reeling in uh, the reins of my eyes or reeling in the reins of my thought processes because I haven't been renewing myself daily and within scripture. I haven't been washing myself with the word and being cleansed by the presence of God. So those are some of the things for me, man, that stand out most. So that's, so that's the first first takeaway for the from this whole thing is, is quality time in the presence of God. Because... And I say it that way because quality time in the presence of God is way more than just reading the Bible verse of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's way more than turning on a Christian radio song, right? It's it, We really have to be like, know what it means to be in a loving relationship with God and what it means to actually like in the Psalms when David says, as the deer pants for the living, for the water, so my soul longs for you and pants for you. and. Cool. If we're not hungry for God that way, then we need to d- discipline ourselves. And I, I've always found it to be a discipline. I enjoy God, but there's so much of the flesh that gets in the way that I have to engage spiritual disciplines. And I'll be quite honest with you. I was just talking to to uh, Bob Cop yesterday. He's he's one of the Grace Shops board board members. He's a local pastor. I referenced uh, something he said earlier here in this, on this episode, but he. Uh, I was talking to him yesterday and I just said, man, you know, I I was in Kansas city for, I don't know how many days, 13 days working hard with the ATC camps. And I only hit the prayer room probably three or four times. And other than that, I was running busy in the schedule. Now I could have got up earlier and went, but I wasn't going to bed too late and I just was wearing myself out. But I agree with you, Ryan, I found myself to be more worn down, more easily attacked, more susceptible to just, uh, temptations and just, and, and it's all because, and that was exactly the conversation I had yesterday with Bob is like, it's all because I, I didn't personally put God first. And because of that, I suffered. And typically when I, when I discipline myself to put God first for an hour or two a day, um, or most days would be a good way to say it. But if that discipline of putting God first or prioritizing him, I find that as a guy who likes to get a lot of things done, when I put God first and I blow off my task list, it seems like my task list gets done easier. If I blow God off and I go off my task list, it just seems like my task list never ends. Oh. Wow. But I'm coming back. I mean, we went to Tennessee. I'm right where you said it, Ryan. You know, I slept. I was dog tired Sunday. Thank God Phil Young preached for for us, you know, <laughs> like, um, and I was really tired yesterday, which was a typical day off of mine. So I took that day and Sabbath and, um, and then this morning I had some meetings I had to move because I've just been tired. So I'm trying to get my energy levels back up. And so, and I think that th- this is key, you know, these are key things yeah. to how we fight darkness. Grace trains us in the air because it says it trains you to be self-controlled, upright and godly. And that stuff, I like what Ryan was saying, is not an automatic thing. We've got to have each other. We've, you've got to have one or two people that you can have these very 
transparent, vulnerable conversations with so that you can be strengthened and so that you can have an outlet and so that you can have that great. Because what happens, that person who loves you, what they're going to do is they're going to pour grace on you in that moment. Yeah. And that they're going to that grace and that love that you need at times going to help train you. Yeah. Well, and I think I think it's a shift in our mindset, too. You know, like when when we're prioritizing the presence of God is why are we in this place? You know, and, and um, you know, we've got to remember that we're not we're not going hard after the presence of God or studying scriptures for knowledge or, or, or just for the for the sake of wisdom. But but it's unto obedience. You know what I mean? And 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 right there in Titus Titus 2, 11 through 12, you know, it says that, you know, that we would be self-controlled, upright and godly. It's yeah. training us for to obey, you know what I mean? And so it's my mindset getting into the scripture isn't so that I can get the next heavy revy, right? Or 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 getting with God so that he can reveal the next mystery. Um, it's so that my heart would 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 grow in obedience. Um, to his nature, you know, that I would begin to be obedient to his desires. Right. Um, and, I, and I think that that's the that biggest thing is just having that mindset is like, no, man, I want I want to be aligned. I want to be aligned with the presence of God. I want to be aligned with his nature, aligned with how he's asking me to live. You know what I mean? And the only way I can do that is is with a heart that it's desiring to obey. You know what I mean? And when I come into those places, I was like, Father, help me to renounce the things. You know, I have to acknowledge the things that aren't in line with you so that I can start that that journey of obedience, of walking this thing out. Yeah. And that's good. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. <laughs> you guys said a whole lot right there. I mean, just... Ryan, you're talking about having that desire, you know, like, you know, you have that desire, I have that desire, and uh, Brian has that desire to please God, to live for God, to be, and I, but there are, uh, there are guys out there who don't, right, they don't have that desire, like, they, they have a desire to get rid of all of the things that are hanging them up, and, you know, whatever's got them bound, right, they don't like that, but they don't, desire God enough to let those things go. Like, how do we combat that, right? How do we help other guys see the value that we see in having this relationship with God, having this relationship with other brothers in Christ? And uh, one thing kind of jumped out at me is that, you know, they need to be able to experience the same love of God that we experience, right? Because it's, it's the love of God that brings that desire like when you are touched by God's love and his grace like that's what you know I believe helped me realize how much more valuable it is to walk with God than whatever else that that um you know whatever sin or whatever that's got me you know out here you know chasing after whatever you know I want him more than I want that and so I'm willing to lay that down and I, I there's a scripture, was it in Colossians, where it talks about put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, right? Put it to death. And, like, you have to be intentional about that. Like, you have to, on purpose, have a desire to do that. And I believe you have to first have to have experienced the love of God and experience his grace. Otherwise, it wouldn't be valuable enough to do that. Does that, does that make sense? You know, there's, 
you know, guys is, you know, we're kind of like, what's in it for me type of thing in a lot of ways. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know. Well, one, yeah, one, of the, one of the ways yeah. I say that. Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, it's got to be valuable. Otherwise, it's not even worth my time. Like, why would I do that? Why would I, you know, I'd rather go home and, you know, do whatever I Whatever I do every day, I'd rather do that than go to church or connect with yeah. uh, you guys at the small group. Like, what makes me want to do that, right? What makes a guy want to want to uh, put down his his old habits to to come join you guys or come join me? Like, what it, you know? What's going to make it worth it for him? Um, we need to be able to answer that question. Yeah, and I, well, I think the answer to that question is. Um, it's almost impossible to put down your old habits and then come with us, right. Or come with whoever, like, but what we're, the appeal is let's put down the bad habits together. Let's, let's learn how to fix the, the gaze of our attention upon something that's far more fascinating than anything we've experienced to this point. And that's what God's grace actually is doing is training us to have new eyes, training us to have a new mindset, training us to have, and we have to have each other. So like if God is the three in one God, if we look at monotheism, the one God, father, son, spirit, and then you look at how, so God in himself is a community. And then you look at what did he do? He came and he called 12 men to follow him. He started a community and then he tells this community, well, that's part one of our discussion. We'll continue part two next week. We're trying to offer some practical things in our lives that we can do for conquering darkness in our spiritual lives and in the physical, in a physical sense as well. Like, how do we actually fight evil um, in a tangible sense? So, we're just kind of having a fun discussion between uh, three brothers, part of our camaraderie, and uh, look forward to continuing part two next week.